What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Masters of Sport with two-time world champion, co-author of the year, yeah. Earl Kunkel. Dane, I was discussing with uh, someone yesterday about how you, you will soon be the fourth um, most successful coach at Garage Strength. So if we got Trevor. Yeah. Taman's more successful than you, relatively speaking, over the course of like two, three years. So Trevor, Taman, yeah. Jake. Nope. The new guy. The new old guy. Oh, DJ. The new used car, if you will. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> DJ. He, he's, he has a lot, too, under his Yeah, belt. he does have a lot. And he also co-authored uh, one of your greatest successes, too. Oh, Nick. Yeah. yeah. Like big time. Yeah, he did a good job. He he's like the secret force with there. People go back through the videos or like can the social it. media. You, you yeah. see him like all the time, Yelly like working with him. Yeah. 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 So I'll be the fourth. Well, you're mean to Jake. Well, Jake's like, let's put it this way: who's like a great like assistant coach, like offensive coordinator or something like that? Like, who's that guy who's you're? A, Belichick's your dude. Who's that one guy I mean, who's like didn't Belichick go head like coach somewhere else? Josh McDaniels left, went to head coach at the, at the Broncos, yeah. and came back. And then he stuck around. Yeah, right? now he's still there, and he's. They basically said like, they think he'll be the heir apparent whenever yeah. Belichick steps down. But he's Jake's not like Josh McDaniels. Then okay, I mean that's uh, he can that's that could good. be his. All right. That's pretty good. I have a silly question. <laughs> Jake's Josh McDaniels. <laughs> <laughs> making one one hundred. That dude's making like six million a year or something crazy. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. Someday. Someday. Um, all right. So Dane, if you were alive a time before like firearms existed, it was like you were part of a barbarian horde, but you knew how to work metal. Okay, like I'm thinking about like your technology Genghis Khan. There. What is the implement you would use on the battlefield? If I had metal? Yeah, you could use metal. I mean, I would still probably use some type of archery. Would you? Probably. I feel but like you have to be able to ride the horse too. Well, I mean, that was like the one thing when I studied like the Mongolians that they would they would be riding and pulling back bows and like hitting birds out of the sky yeah. and they and uh their bows were so strong that when they would leave them behind other groups would go to like the huns would go to pick them up and they couldn't even pull them back yeah so like i wonder what if they looked like uh arm wrestlers like the one arm just, just huge <laughs> so i would say that but i'd also i mean if it was like hand-to-hand -hand combat yeah, you didn't strike me as like a dex build hanging out in the background, arching everyone away. I I think I would, I would use um. What are those? Is it where you like swing around and just hit like people? a mace, but yeah. like a ball and chain? Yeah, mace? basically. Yeah, man, I'm having pictures of that. Uh, well, in this hand, I have like like Raphael's from a sigh. Yeah, you'd be that like close yeah. combat. Yeah, here, but keeping distance with this. That would get all. I don't know about that one. You have that's like a lot of skill to that's do. It's a that lot of well. shoulder stability. Yeah, dude, your shoulders would get lit up. That's like those things when they they do yeah. the, like that for uh, your shoulder. I know what you're talking about. Like the the bow actually and stuff, dude. That stuff's hard. You just don't like anything that lasts longer than five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better. Yeah, getting better on the assault bike. You are. Yeah. 
because you talked to your boy Fikowski, right? Exactly. He told you that he, he <laughs> <laughs> He's done me wonders. Yeah. I can't believe you don't you weren't like something like simple like a hammer. I like a, an actual hammer or like a hammer that you throw. I, why would you throw your weapon away? Well, that that's what I started to Dude, think about. Dude, you're like so like movie like. Well, I was thinking like throwing javelin, shot, discus. Oh my goodness! So then I started to think about all right, what would be similar to a hammer that I could hold? Well, the hammer throw is like a ball and chain, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. But now you just swing it and don't throw it at people. Why yeah. would you throw your weapon away? Like, doesn't make sense. Like, no, that's I'd like a last resort. Like, you break your sword and you throw it at someone. Then yeah, that yeah. No. Well, what would you use? I would use like a hammer. Or How I would use like a, like a baseball bat, like something like that, like just I a, like a blunt bat. club. Yeah, a baseball bat I would love if they had aluminum bats like like yeah. you use in Little League where they're like super light but really long and you can peg people. I would get like a softball bat. Yeah, those real like they get thick early. Yeah, like if we were modern dystopian type, I was in a film, like I'd want like a hammer from like just your thing, probably a knife. And then a baseball bat. Yeah, baseball bats are, are very good weapons. Because I'm thinking about... They're like, easy to walk with, and they're very easy to use, yeah. and they do a lot of damage. Like, if you had a sword back in the day, if you were like some knight, and you could afford a sword, and you made that, and you w- walked around with that armor, that weapon's primarily a blunt instrument just striking against the sword. Like, yeah, yeah. Or the armor. Like, yeah, it's not really not doing piercing. much. piercing... No, it's very... I mean, it's archaic, like literally. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point of it. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're just we're role playing. If we were like Conan the Barbarian or something like that, like if you were in a fantasy epic, like what would you roll with? If you were, if your D and D character came to life, I, I think I do. I mean, a, a metal baseball bat, but, but I would like more stylized. Yeah. Like put with, like a dragon with head that, on it or something. Raphael's. You thing. want that sigh? Yeah. You really want it. Yeah. No katana blade? No. Samurai blade? No. Oh. All right. Or a miniature machete. That would be pretty, like... That would be my back almost pocket. Almost like a hatchet? Though. Yeah. That would be my back pocket. See, now you're getting more practical. <laughs> you and this, like, hammer throw ball and chain, like, watch me spin it around, do a show. I it. was thinking about that actual more throwing. Like, like, grunting. Like, ugh. Like, look how, <laughs> it's like a bark before an actual bite with it. I think I think in Braveheart, I also remembered there's a, a scene where... A guy goes in and he like comes in and and it might even be when he was dreaming and he like has one of those and hits him across the face. I think he hit William Wallace across the face. I think he was dreaming. Have you ever seen um, how the indigenous Americans would use the gun stocks? No. So like you see like the rifle in the back end, they would turn it into a club. Oh, yeah, that's good. And like there's different ones of it. Um, I learned this from playing Mortal Kombat 11. Because the character Nightwolf has one, and I'm okay. like, that is the coolest yeah. weapon. You can find them like on Etsy shops. People make them. Oh, they make like that yeah. weapon. Okay, it's pretty neat. This is just silly stuff. Sorry for boring you, listeners. Let's talk about sports. <laughs> Mainly, let's talk about the myth or how to avoid it of overtraining. Ooh, this is a good one. Wow, um, great discussion. You love it already. Yeah, you're hyping it up too much. No, Don't I, gas it, man. Well, I. I it's a very uh, frequented question. All right. So I'm a firm believer there's no such thing as overtraining. Most people are scared to go in the deep end. Like, they're unwilling to push and see what happens. And they're like, oh, I'm overtrained. It's like, oh, your body will adapt. Get used yeah. to it. 
or number two, and I'm probably this one. I'm gonna give myself like I'm definitely correct. You don't know how to sleep at night, yep. and you don't know how to eat, mm-hmm. or meditate, or do mobility, or spend time decompressing somewhere. We have a visitor. Trevor's here. Yeah, Trevor, the That's number right. the number, number one. one number one coach at Garage Strength. Most state champions, more champions. Trevor, how was Michael in training today? Like he's not bad. He listened. That was his number one concern. <laughs> I feel like from a coach saying you listen, that's a big compliment. <laughs> Especially if it's Trevor, because if you're not listening, he's not giving you anything. <laughs> Learn to um, listen. I would say, so. Doctor B used to say this, and and I, I know it's a little old school but he would be like do you think trash men you know trash men deliver they pick up the trash every day right and he's like thousands of pounds like and it still happens today that they're they're doing this their total tonnage is off the yeah off the charts and like these are guys who if you see them the vast majority of them are really really fit like extremely fit and they have massive forearms by the way but like they have then these guys have to eat a lot of food like for 4500 4500 calories and he would always say do you think they're they're uh overtraining i think that you know and you know just setting you up like no they're not overtraining that's their job they have to do it same with farmers if you ever worked on a turkey yeah. like i worked grew up working on a turkey farm you work on a turkey farm. You want to talk jive turkey? I'll talk jive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, when you're constantly moving bales of straw and catching turkeys, putting them in, you know, taking them in the truck, like they're all running all over the place. Uh, it, it's, dude, you're doing this every single day. Yeah. Like it's, it's not. No one, no one who's a farmer of livestock yeah you have seasons where you might take like a week off uh-huh. no that's okay to get like a reset but there's never a moment where you're like well i think i'm overtrained today yeah you know, especially in that the attitude of those people like like old school hard-working uh, physical laborers i'm overworked <laughs> they would never they're they're the guys that shove emotions down <laughs> as deep as possible and, and just let them stew and just work and i think it where where what we were talking about right here when you were even saying that i think a lot of people really 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 struggle with like leaving a training session and just feeling defeated and then going into a training session the next day and still feeling defeated uh-huh. they don't realize like they haven't experienced it before or no one has told them this or and it and then to do that for weeks on end it's like it it can really screw with your mind and so then you're looking for ways out. And yeah, exit strategies. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Fire escapes. Right. It so, burns. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's like I don't. There's a lot that's going on. There's a lot that's going on physiologically that helps explain it and understand what's happening. But it, and and that leads to that slower uh, reaction times that people do have. The slower um, ability to to recruit and and put out a large amount of force but to your point 
does this mean that you're overtrained or does this mean like are you sleeping eight to ten hours a day? Yeah. You know, are you eating a gram of protein per pound of body weight? Are you you know, are you being are you you know, being present and meditating? Or are you sucking uh all the Instagram information down and you're getting lost in that? Yeah. You know? And then that's also triggering other reactions uh chemically. So it's like Dude, there's a lot at play. Doctor B also would bring up there's two there's two ways to figure this out. If there's um, a mental fatigue or physiologically, if you have fatigue, if you can't fall asleep when you're really tired, versus you can't get up in the morning, like you just feel like you can't get up. All right, which one ends up being mental? Which? Is the one that you can't fall asleep, All like right. you're just drained and exhausted, and you're just staring at the ceiling, and then if you feel physically just run down and like, here's the thing too, with, with all that stuff, it's like, well then, then that that's a glimpse. It's, it's a signal. Everything is a signal. It's not a signal to stop. It's a signal to alter something that you're not doing to fix that. What's yeah. Going on. Yeah. I don't think that I've ever been physically fatigued. I've never tried. You can ask my wife, my alarm goes off and, you're and like, I wake oh. up and I, I don't use caught. Like I don't consume caffeine. Like I'm, that much of a like i'm wound yeah see so so for me it's like i say i, w- I would say now i i usually will get up between five thirty and 6 there's days that i wait to get up to like 6 but up until i'd say two years ago i was i was more like you are i'd say it's more like i i just am comfortable in bed <laughs> yeah no i like the alarm goes off i'm up now, when I was training, I was also, like, deliberate in going to bed at, like, to the point where whatever time I'm waking up, I'm sleeping nine hours. Yeah, yeah, you're getting everything like, in. I'm going to bed. Like, I'm going to make that happen. Uh, now I don't care so much. Yeah. I'm just like, eh. I think, too, like, a, a lot of this, nobody ever gives themselves time to just decompress from overall stress and fatigue. So, if... If you can find that time in every single day, it's going to make your recovery a lot easier. Right. And I think that that's, that's where it's like the mental stress people don't realize. Like, do we see what happens when we know how someone reacts physiologically? And I've brought this up in the past where uh, if, you have, if you have someone of color and they deal with a racial interaction. Yeah. We have studied what happens to their body there is a physiological reaction and an emotional reaction and i th- and i'm not i do believe they're like how do i word this where it's like that that physiological reaction to a racial slur or whatever there's moments where that that stress not that it's the same to to racism here but someone you or i you know we're in a privileged situation yeah we have other forms of stress that will impact us physiologically that we don't realize you know so it's like finding that time to handle that so by using the the research off of off of the we know that something that causes a phys like um, something that's said mentally like impacts you mentally will cause a physiological stress there you go um even if it's the study found it happens when someone makes a racist comment. Yeah, yeah. but this is we a, can deduce from that when someone else experiences some other type of mental stress, stress it has a physiological response too. Yeah, and I'm not saying that it's the rel- same or yeah. equal. It's just that it, it does happen. Yeah, 
So I think that that's so so that goes to if you're finding time to decompress mentally, that does lead to physical recovery. All right, let's jump into what are some of the ways you know your athletes or you even as an athlete in the past would mentally decompress. The way I would decompress is drink 24 Miller High Life. That doesn't sound like a, a good um, <laughs> answer. That's very poor. <laughs> you big jerk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think the best um, the best means for, so like straight up mental decompression. I think is doing stuff like getting into a sauna, getting into a steam room, going for a walk by yourself. You're not even listening to a, a podcast or anything. Uh -huh. you're literally, your phone's back at your house, and you're just letting your brain wander. Um, I think trying to meditate, learning how to meditate or quiet sit, um, praying if you're religious, doing things of that nature, anything that's a little more mundane is going to help decompress. Um, you know, gardening is a good example, right? Uh, Get deep in that dirt. With yeah, your hands. And, and you're squatting. So, and then doing yoga or or any type of mobility, or whatever. That that's sort of where I would start. You know, that's a lot of options I just threw out there. But I would start with those skills to, that you would try and create. Um, to get your mind that would be wandering, you know, it's all over the place and you're not trying to control thought and you're not, you're just letting it go. Uh -huh. Um, cause that's ultimately what I believe does lead to, to that recovery. Uh, I also think, you know, we have people and I have a lot of world-class athletes and a lot of people who listen to this might not like this, but there's substances like THC that are very, very valuable in this regard. Okay. And I think a lot of like the best athletes in the world now, especially because it's legal in most states and, and not only is it legal, but it's uh, anti-inflammatory and it does help them decompress uh -huh. drastically is like, that's like a, a trigger to help them get into that state of just letting their brain I got go. You. And, and, and I think that that's, that's important. So it's like, I, dude, I know someone very popular, very, very successful who will smoke you know thc and then 20 minutes later sits in the sauna for 30 minutes and tries to meditate you know and i mean I dude, you. You know, joe rogan talks about this shit all the time but it's like you know not that that makes it okay in yeah. this case that's i don't a, listen to him I'm, a, yeah. I'm not one of the cool kids <laughs> in this case i would recommend i think that that's that that's a very effective way yeah well he he is good at what he does mr rogan have oh, that many yeah. viewers yeah um yeah he's really good at what he does i mean he knows what he's trying to get done yeah. and, and no I, I hear you though with like decompressing i think about when i like end up like sitting in the shower and it's like oh why is the water not hot anymore well because you've been sitting here just letting yeah. your brain go and and here's the thing that i think that people need to uh, understand and try to plan for there's a big difference between decompression and entertainment um entertainment is not going to cause you stress like like uh i, I will use this example because earl and i went to a hockey game on friday yeah we had so, fun yeah so we had a lot of fun and it was like a lot of entertainment yes <laughs> it's not provided by us as well <laughs> as the athletes yeah. it's not strictly a decompressive time because you're not you're not like um 
you're not internalized. You're, you're not yeah. letting your mind go. You're more. You're still consuming at this. And there point. was there was also too like there was. I don't know about you, but like. I like to socialize, but socializing also wears me down. Yeah, you get fatigued. I get there's fatigued a lot of people around. Yeah, like yes, I I don't like I can be friendly, but like sometimes I have to like I have to I don't want to say force it, but I have to be thoughtful about how yeah, I'm going yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, and it it can like afterwards I feel exhausted sometimes, and it's like oh you're just being friendly. I'm like yeah, but, but it's, it's a lot of energy. Yeah, and it, I, I think that's where. Making the because the, a, a lot of people will will say a lot of the younger athletes will be like well can I just go home and and even play a video game or something it's like even when you're playing a video game you are so into it and you're participating yeah. so well it's not passive I yell and curse more playing video games than I ever have missing lifts <laughs> exactly so <laughs> so in in this regard the that decompression has to be viewed differently you know so I, I think that just needs to be. Um, made clear and then that can alleviate a substantial amount of stress yeah speaking about it i swear the video game i'm playing now all the time elden ring like is one of the most stressful things i started doing in my life (laughs) it's unreal like how maybe i shouldn't say the most stressful but like something i do for fun like i have it in my head i have to be better and do well at this yeah game. and you're like thinking about how you can yeah. do it too like before i came i fought the the uh the omen killer what's his name I, I, margot and i i went fought him and he killed me i was like M-. like i'm like i'm i have to beat him before i go <laughs> now thankfully i got him the next try but still like it was to your point like i you can't anyone who says they decompress playing video games they're they're, they're a liar yeah they're a total liar you can just see it in kids and in adults' faces. Yeah. As soon as you start to play, it's like, like the focus is right. on a whole other level. You, you're telling me just because it's through a screen, like yeah, there's no. not like demands of like you're there, watching frames per second react, and like you have to have like instantaneous thing, and then like what button am I hitting? Yeah, yeah. Especially so, to the to, yeah to the <laughs> entire point there is. There's entertainment, which makes your life enjoyable, right? And then there's that decompression, which also makes your life as, a, as an athlete that feels overtrained. The decompression point is where we really should be focusing. Okay, are you decompressing? Are you doing these things that will help you with recovery? Are you doing uh, the nutritional aspects? And that's another aspect that I wanted to bring up that I didn't even mention. The nutrition stuff? Nutrition and even cooking food. When I mentioned the mundane tasks. Okay. When you're preparing food, that helps you just get into this meditative state where you're sort of, you know, you could almost call it like this flow state where you got you got an idea. For someone who hates the flow state, you've been I using still, it yeah. a lot lately. <laughs> but there, you get into this rhythm, and then you're just chilling with the food as you co- as it cooks, and you prepare it. And that is a means of letting your brain wander as long as you're not distracted by, you know, your phone or the TV or YouTube, whatever it might be, unless yeah. you want to listen to a Master of Sport podcast. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. I couldn't imagine having a phone as a teenager. Oh, my gosh. Dude, it would be like having AOL Instant Messenger in our pockets. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Dude, that you was bad. That way. Yeah, that was so bad. But, but the funny thing is, is like when we grew up, our parents had no idea what we were doing. They no. had no clue. They were so naive. Whereas today, because we grew up with that, we can put. Now, like I wonder what we're going to have no clue about what our kids are doing because I know it's coming. Yeah, I mean, it's going to sure. be something. There's always something that parents are clueless yeah. about. 
Maybe granddad. we're just smarter than our parents too. Take that, boomers. I mean, we we are. I know, but still. <laughs> Anyone who's a boomer, take that. <laughs> yeah. We kid. <laughs> it's funny. Have I talked to you about this? This is complete sidetrack, but we're talking about like different age groups, like the idea of a. Uh, yeah, we have talked about this. Uh, role like, uh, people who inspire you, if you will. Mentors. Mentors, yeah. That everyone should have at least one young mentor. Yeah. Like you should have someone a generation younger than you. Yeah, because then you can stay yeah. relatable. Exactly. Yeah, I like agree with you that. Need, like if you're going to have five of them, like you need a few peers, one older, but you definitely need one yeah, substantially that, younger than you too. Yeah, that can stay hip. And I would think as you get even older, you probably need more that are younger. You know you know who that would be for me right now? And Your I don't, younger one? Yeah. Uh-oh. Who's getting a shout out here? I don't want to. I don't want to have him ever hear this at all and i wouldn't call him a mentor but a link to the younger generation Uh-oh. with maturity Uh-oh. it would be jan i don't Uh-oh. know if you've ever really met him i haven't yet okay so he's like a very very mature total clown but he's he's got a pulse on everything going on yeah total joker total clown but extremely mature at the exact same time oh dang got a man crush no, get out of here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's okay. All right. So overtraining, you need to decompress. Yeah. Sleep, we know is a given, but the decompression helps with that as well. Yeah. Here. Another example here would even be adding an in, in, adding a nap. Dude, you're in college. You can take naps. Get oh out of here goodness. if you can't. It's funny. We were talking about looking at a syllabus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, like yeah. how it, it can feel overwhelming first day of class for anyone who's been to college. Like, yep. you know that anxiety. But then it's like, I got 16 weeks to chip away at this. Like, I don't yeah. have to do it all. College is a joke. Minute. Yeah. And then you become an adult and like, like, God damn, I wish I had 16 yeah. weeks to do it's a like syllabus. College, it was like, whoa, that was really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, and not to minimize anyone who thought college was hard, but like, it's not as hard as adulthood, I yeah. should say. Like, yeah, yeah. Working. Fair day in and day out like it it's not the same difficulty level yeah that's that's very accurate and i'm not saying college is easy but in comparison maybe stupid but it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right let's uh you started talking about cooking and you talked about the protein but let's go into the nutrition a little bit because i know you're on this like fiber kick <laughs> <laughs> how the hell did you figure this into this this whole discussion how did i do it well you were talking about cooking and we talked about going to you brought up how we went to the the hockey game dude one of my buddies I, saw the video of me screaming you suck. oh yeah <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> he was like that goalie probably looked right at you, and you were just screaming, you suck. Oh, we were loving it. I rooted for the away team just because. <laughs> yeah. To the point where someone asked me where the away team was from because they thought I was an actual fan, and uh, I was like, no, nah, I'm just doing this. Quebec, I knew where they yeah. were from. Well, I figured it out because they had um the same thing as uh, the Montreal. They, well, yeah, yeah, Color-wise, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. I think they're probably from here somewhere. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And hey. most of those Quebecan teams will have like the – the cross yeah like, i don't even know what they're actually called someone gave me eyeballs when i was talking during the canadian national anthem too i saw that guy yeah yeah, yeah you saw it too i, I was like oh man yeah dane was talking too but the eyeballs <laughs> were definitely directed at me because i'm the smaller of the two of us <laughs> okay back to the <laughs> all right so the whole time though talking about diet and eating dane is just chowing on salad oh yeah, yeah. over and over again i, I mean i think i had five bowls 
I I think you're underestimating there. You had more than five. I do. I do. Holy cow! I was not. I was relentless. Yeah, we were at a corporate event, so <laughs> it, it was just like they were just handing out things. They were very nice to us. It was a never-ending bowl. Yeah, it it was, it was wonderful. It was very nice of the people that organized it. But Dane kept eating salad. Dane, let's talk about the salad eating. So and this nutrition kick you're on. Yeah. So what I I, I sort of want to become like the fiber freak is my goal, mainly because I've. I've been reading, so I read about three years ago, I want to say, uh, Erica Sonnenberg and Justin Sonnenberg, they're professors at Stanford. They did this research, and they wrote a book called The Good Gut, and the whole basis of the book was around uh, microbiota. So your microbiome has bacteria in it, and it basically you have like your small intestine, your large, large intestine, and then in your colon, there's a large amount of bacteria that's in there. And they did all these studies on rats, and, and we've talked about it here and in there in the podcast where it's like rats will have you know they'll take obese microbiome from rats and inject it into uh rats that have no that are that are like clean they have no microbiome at all and then they'll do the same with lean microbiota um and and they'll see how they eat and then they actually try and interchange them like can the obese microbiota go back to being lean or can the can the lean person get obese uh, with re- with rats and so then they they did this study with actual humans which is really hard you can't have and and with this uh these types of studies with humans one it's hard to study humans because their people don't always follow through yeah but got two, a mind of their own yeah yeah but two it's harder to have um with with nutrition y- you can't have like a blind because you know what you're eating right you right know, when they're on their when they're on their their nutritional f- plan and so basically what they found was people who were eating 60 70 80 grams of fiber you know the average american might have 15 to 20 maybe maybe someone who's healthier will try to get 30 to 40 well they were they were they've studied the hazda uh, the hadza uh group um and and other indigenous tribes and then they found well these people were having 100 grams of fiber a day 100 plus um and so they started to recommend, like, all right, let's try 70 or 80 and see what happens. And then they started bringing in fermented foods as well. Long story short. What are the short, farts like? The farts are very <laughs> potent, especially early on. All right, continue. So, and that actually has something to do with your gut, with the microbiome adapting. Okay. And digesting the microbiota accessible carbohydrates. So there's, there's carbohydrates that your stomach can't necessarily digest and use that the bacteria is now using all right and then that this bacteria will communicate with your brain um but that flatulence is starting it's the process of your gut microbiome starting to adapt and so my so the farts are good like it's a good indication well it's an indication that you're not overly healthy and then okay as you adapt you're you're adapting yeah okay gotcha so my you know, I mean, one, I mean, I read this book two or three years ago. I followed it a little bit, and then I fell off. Then I did, I started to read the actual study that they did that yeah, just came you're out. you're on a science kick. You want to become yeah. a white coat. Shut up. Yeah, I'm right, huh? <laughs> so, last, yeah, so last year they came out, they released a study, and, and I've been reading it, and there's a lot of cool information in it. 
about the success of what they're seeing and how they get leaner. And if you have goals of just like, uh, and I think the other guy's name is Andrew Gardner, literally just tells people like, look, I'm going to help you lose 30 pounds. You have one thing and you have to eat 80 grams of fiber a day. And so that person is just focused on eating fiber. And uh-huh. when you're focused on eating fiber, you're eating oats, uh, raspberries, kiwi, artichokes, apples, pears, bananas. Yeah. All really, really, you know, healthy food. And then they, they recommend you know, avocados. Then you're, then they recommend, you know, typically eating leaner meats. And now these people are really, really healthy because they're getting a vast majority of their carbohydrates or their, their nutrition from these types of vegetables. They're also getting a large amount of protein. And then they might back end it with uh, like boiled potatoes or, or sweet potatoes because that they have more, uh, their, uh, there's more starch in it that can also feed your microbiome. Okay. So the, that's the kick I'm on. And, and that's why I was, eating. it looks like it's working. I gotta be honest. You are getting lean. I was 231 today. Yeah. I haven't been. Your arms are getting smaller too, but. I know. I, when y- I went There's a trade off though. When I went to the gym on Saturday, I hammered arms because I was like, after this thing with Trevor's over, uh-huh. my goal is to try and get to 220 by May 12th. Um, and I'm going to try and do arms like three days a week while cutting because I don't want to lose my arms. I like your style. Yeah. But I don't want to be overtrained either, Earl. Oh. Come on, go in the deep end. <laughs> There's, I saw this YouTube video talking about going in the deep end. Tian Tao talked about adding 10 kilos to his back squat. Okay. And he said his coach, because he was on a plateau, made him go do 800 meters of broad jumps. 800 He meters? said his legs were smoked. Like, this is like a, it's just like a little anecdote. Like, yeah. it seems like such just a toss aside. He said, my legs were so smoked. He said, within two weeks, I added 10 kilos to my back squat. I broke the plateau. I was like, all right, maybe the timing's a little, like, thing. But, like, I could see that. He's like, all he did was he just broke my muscles down. My muscles needed to be broken down. So he gave me a completely odd stimulus yeah, to, to just, just torch me. And then I came back, and, like, my body was ready to rebuild again. That's crazy. And that's, I was, that's, like, crazy. That's, like, classic Soviet Union slash China. Yeah. Like, we're going to try this, and if it works, we're going to push. We're going to talk about it everywhere, and if it doesn't work, we're going to pretend that we never actually tried it. Yeah, and, like, to me, <laughs> but at the same that, time, like, it's like, it, yeah. like, all right, do I believe it? Is it anecdotal? But, it probably happened. But from a theoretical standpoint, like, I think about it, like, from an overtraining, right? You're plateauing. Like, you need something to break yeah, through. Yeah, you need something wild. So break the plateau. Like, break it down. Like, yeah. go ahead and purposely try to get the athlete as sore as possible in a way they wouldn't typically train right and see what happens from it within a month within two months right right um that's like the thought i would take from it not go do 800 meters necessarily a broad jump right but this idea like how do i break the muscles down how do i quickly overtrain them if you will yeah to to elicit this huge response yeah and too like tantal is like world record type Thing. like so he, he needs he, something and on top of that he'll recover faster yeah oh we don't want to get into muscle protein synthesis right now and degradation do we no no, no that's too okay. much science yeah, they can watch that video on on strength you channel all right absolutely yeah i had things scripted about volumes rolling over in overtraining and intensities rolling over training we're just gonna scratch that okay you just gotta toughen up yeah tough it up no. and uh, i I, I do think it, it. I mean, it 
it is there's a point in and dude this is the other thing i'm dealing with this today literally four hours ago taman having this massive breakdown sorry taman like just on the deep end just going on and on about well why are we doing this because it's hard dude training's hard and when you get run down you cycle through that yourself mentally like we discussed yeah and it's really, really frustrating. And then what makes it even harder is that Eric and Lucas handle it a little bit better, like just in that moment. And so then they egg him on, and, and it <laughs> it turns into, like, me having to, like, have a heart-to-heart with Taman that everything's going to be okay. But that's – the lesson is, like, dude, you've got to you – know, Cam, Cam, the one football player, is like, yo, you're shot putters – they aren't tough. Like they aren't tough at all. Like if if somebody ca- said said this to our football coach, they'd like laugh in his face. <laughs> it's funny, but like, no offense to throwers. Like I see them work. They work hard. Yeah, but like, your sports like six two second clips. <laughs> like, I, like I, I don't mean that. Like I don't mean that disrespectfully. But like. Football, like, every now and then, like, you get punched in the face and, like, you lose. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, all right, get back up. Same guy again. Yeah, yeah literally again, <laughs> the same guy. Do it. For 60 minutes. Yeah, like, it, there's a different mental ask. Yeah, yeah. So, I, to, to go to your point, like, yeah. there's volume and you've just – there's times, like, if you know how periodization works, at least in our system, right now – we're in exposure. Like you are going to get trampled. Yeah. Like, and you know that you've read the book. <laughs> you took the course. Yeah. Mason's taking it right now. Yeah. <laughs> now to Taman's credit, he is looking jacked. Yeah. I remember when I first met him, like uh, maybe two, three years ago. Yeah. It might've even been longer. Taman looked like he didn't look jacked. No, he's thick now. Now he looks like, yo, mess yeah. with me, homie. Like, <laughs> yeah. You'll see. Yeah. yeah. See what's yeah. up. All right. Let's go to the audience questions. YouTube community, Olivia Uram. I'm so bad at pronouncing words. Olivia. Um, I'm a distance runner. I'm working to improve my knee drive and just form overall. Should I strength train to improve it? If so, what kind of training do you suggest? I bet he says single leg squats. Or should I focus more (laughs) on technique during my runs? (laughs) No, we're holding off single leg squats till we get that new gig, that new specialty. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I would say single leg squats. Yeah. But okay, so distance runner, a distance runner who's trying to improve. Um, I mean, one mobility, cycling ability, their their uh, their capability of holding more speed later on in in the race. I mean, essentially. Yeah. So a lot of that's going to be postural. So relating that to um, to trunk control, I think a lot of that's also going to be. How soon can you kick? You know, how long are you an 800 or a 15? That does differentiate what we're going to be talking about. But typically, the other thing is, too, is like mechanics and distance running are, are pretty, they're fairly different from like sprinting stuff, the sprinting mechanics. But step up, skater squats, you definitely need to do a lot of unilateral stuff. Uh, typically, distance runners will have tight, uh, lower, like, their lower back's going to be tight and their glutes are going to be very tight. So I would even recommend doing like single leg glute bridge or, or, and then pairing that with like pigeon pose, um, doing a lot of, uh, multi joint, multi angled, um, 
trunk control work, doing plyometrics is also really important because that can help your power output, which will increase the, the stride length and technically even stride frequency. Um, so my recommendation would be single leg step ups, skater squats, hamstring pulls, reverse hypers, uh, glute ham, high reps. Um, there the Nordic are curls. Nordic curls even, yeah. And then, and then doing things like side kettlebell jumps, stair jumps, um, single leg bounds, single leg mini hurdle hops, stuff like that. And that's going to help a distance runner quite nice. a bit. Yeah. All right. This one's from Reddit. What did she write? Why do you guys deploy split squats instead of lunges? They yeah, do we do lunges. lunges quite a bit too. So yeah. it's like I think what I'm finding now, especially after I went to knees over toes to go see Ben there, we do we do a ton of single leg squats, okay? Um, and we've always done walking lunges. We've done overhead plate lunges. We've done dumbbell walking lunges. We use these a lot. You do overhead plate single leg like squat jumps yeah too. squat jumps a lot yep and that's actually a good exercise for the distance runner too but what i'm seeing is <clears throat> lunging backwards i think is phenomenal for knee health and quads especially if you don't fully extend at your hip as you drive back if you're doing like a praying mantis lunge like walking backwards your knees or your knees will get really healthy and your quads will blow up and so i i really like walking lunges i think i just in the hierarchy of programming, I don't place them as a, a as an absolute strength exercise. Yeah, use a more accessory. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Oh man, it brings back bad memories. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they're they're awesome. I think they're phenomenal. I have to chime this in before you one time programmed it was walking barbell on the back, walking lunges, and you told me to push the thing. Followed by Spanish squats. Oh, yeah. Your legs just get a little I would be, like, I would do back-to-back, -back and I'd just be like, I need to, like, sit down. Yeah. And I think you do that. Let's say you do four sets of seven on each leg, walking lunge. Oh, it was nine, but okay. go ahead. And then you do a Spanish squat for 17 or no, 25. 25. Yeah. And then you rest 60 seconds. You do it four times, you're destroyed. Oh, my goodness. I think I probably went too heavy then. Well, and, and here's a good example. We were, I was talking to Trevor about this a little bit where people will say, like, I don't have time. I don't have time to work out. Uh, do what I just said yeah. in 20 minutes. Just just take 20 minutes of your day and do Your that. heart will be thumping. You'll Dude, be sweating. And the next day you'll feel great, too. You'll be, yeah. wow, I got a little sore. I'm, I feel like I did something yesterday. Nah. And then you'll feel better. It's like doing I, think I was trained so much so I couldn't even get sore the, the next day. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were recovering well. Yeah, I was. All right. So overtraining. Don't worry about overtraining. And actually, yeah, what Earl just said, I wanted to point out. People like weightlifters train so frequently, their body is so in tune with adaptation that they don't even get sore. Like Haley, yeah. Haley's sore more sore today from doing ab ab wheel than from squatting for the third day in a row. And yeah. that's when it's like your body learns really quickly. So keep that in mind with overtraining and always eat eighty grams of fiber. Peace. Bye.